Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Innovations as you went into this 
whole process. I know you put together this program. It was really successful. But when you were just starting out after graduating, it was just an idea in your mind that this was possible. What was your path from there to the successful program? Well, I worked as a social worker for a number of years before before starting in the prison system. And through the course of that, I, I kept seeing that same people would show up in various situations, primarily related to poverty, lack of opportunity, those kinds of things. I had a number of experiences that taught me that I was smarter than I supposed. That I could, <laughs> that I could learn from mistakes. I mean, I, I had a very strict school background to joke, and I, I did this with the Sisters of Mercy. I was in Catholic boarding school for five years, and I, when I started working with inmates, they looked at me and say, would look at me and say, ma'am, what did you do? <laughs> and I just, it was just a question of the school system. It were a change and transformation themselves at the time. My mother wanted me to have a good education, and so I went to a school that was too far from home to to be able to go as a day student and learn an incredible amount there about what it what it took to live a lifestyle that focused on discipline and success. But for a long time, I thought I wasn't as smart as other people because I made so many mistakes. And then I discovered a whole other series of people after graduating from that, principally Buckminster Fuller, who said. The only way humans learn is through mistakes. That mistake making is key to success. And I was so excited by this idea and had a number of different kinds of experiences with it. And I said, well, I must be a genius. Because <laughs> <laughs> so many mistakes. And in fact, people said to Bucky, how did you, how is it that you became such an expert? He said, because I've made more mistakes than anybody else. So it, it just follows from there, and the people that I worked with in the prison system just, you know, they've made more mistakes than anybody else in their lives. And um, it it was just an, an amazing journey with a whole bunch of people, some of whom were in the Transformational Leadership Council, some of, some of them I met along the way, and the, the common factor between those of us who who became the closest along the way was that we we really did discover that we learned from our mistakes and that and that that was key and so I started teaching staff in the prison system and I I saw so many people discouraged by what had happened. The system is is designed to to hold people for their failures and so and so it's you know, it's just the way it is. It's not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just the way it is. And so I started thinking about what it would take to have everybody learn what I had learned, which was that mistakes were good, mistakes were helpful, learning from mistakes was even better. And so I designed the first prison program I designed, I taught. I taught as a volunteer in jail, and the prison program I designed was called the Network Program. And that was individual housing units within a larger prison where people have just committed to live a successful lifestyle, learn skills needed for success. 
started that years later, uh, our commissioner in the Department of Correctional Services in New York looked at me one day, standing in the middle of one of the housing units I had started, and he said, Clark, why can't they all be this way? And I said, well, they can. They said, well, how would you do it? And I said, I'd do it just the way we do it here. Train the staff, have everyone be volunteers committed to living a successful lifestyle. And so we taught decision-making skills, life skills. And he, he came back to me a few years later and said, I've got this program in mind called Shock Incarceration. And I said, all I could think of was electric shock. And I said, it sounds like a bad idea to me. And he said, no, no. And I said, what do I have to do with this? And he said, well, I want network to be the heart of this. And that's where shock incarceration came from. Actually, the Willard Drug Treatment Campus came along after we'd been doing shock about um, 15 years. So it it was the last iteration of, of the various programs. And there were five correctional facilities at one point in time devoted to the shock incarceration program. And they were 24 hours, hour lifestyle communities in which there were 16 hours of programming a day, eight hours of sleep. I remember one study that came out criticized us saying that fully one third of the program was spent sleeping. So I had to defend that and say, you know, sleeping is a human necessity. And, and it's just ridiculous sometimes what what people will think up to try to stop something that's successful. But our our staff just banded together. They they worked together, and the hundreds and hundreds of staff who worked with me in the prison system who were just committed to creating environments for transformation. And they mm. did it. They they were just they were heroes as far as I was concerned. I, I was somebody with an idea and could present it in a way that people were engaged, but they were the ones who carried it out and did it day in, day out with thousands and thousands of inmates. So that by the time I retired, there were more than 43,000 graduates of the six-month program called Shock Incarceration who were coming back to the system at far, far lower rates than any other program. That's how we got named the largest and most successful correctional treatment program of its time because they would go out and succeed. And I spend time regularly with some of the early graduates of that program who are out in the world just doing amazing things. They're, they're leaders in their community. They're pastors of their churches. They're, they're, um, doing transformation and change every single day. And so it's, you know, I could count more than 43,000 graduates during the last 23 years of my career when I ran shock incarceration. But the truth is there, there are thousands and thousands more affected by what happened in the program. At one of my retirement parties, the daughter of one of the graduates thanked me for giving her her mother back, and she was she was four when her mother got out of prison. And um, this young woman stood on stage, a college graduate herself, and, and just acknowledged what had happened to her mother as a result of going through shock incarceration, and was so grateful having that bond with her mother because 
the average person who goes to prison before age 18 will spend about 10 years in prison in three different terms of incarceration. And once those, those three strikes and your outlaws pass, uh, people could do life in prison. And it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me because there's a, there's a law of diminishing returns. It costs the state a whole lot of money to keep the people locked up for life in prison. Not cost effective. Shock incarceration was a six month intensive program in which successful graduates of that program could reduce their sentences by as much as two or two and a half years of their sentences and, and were going out and being far more successful than people who were doing the full length of their sentence. That's how the cost saving came into effect. We were, we needed fewer prison beds because we turned them over twice a year and we we had fewer people coming back into the system. So that's where that one point three billion dollars came. And that was that was the that was the figure when I retired back in December of two thousand ten. So I'm sure it's higher now. So several things about that strike me. One is the six month time frame. How what led you to find that, that six month time frame was a sweet spot in terms of how long it took to produce that kind of change? Well, that actually came out of the network program because one of the things Commissioner Coughlin, who was that person who, who started, and there were a, a number of other commissioners who, who came along after him and just took up the banner and were very supportive. But he asked me how long the average person stayed as a network program. And these were, these were people who could be doing 15 to life in that program because there wasn't any early release option for them. And I said, the average is about six months. And the truth is that when people start to transform their lives, by the time you get to about 90 days, they've, they've got a message, but, but they still haven't integrated everything fully. What shocked him was the six-month intensive in-facility program, and then in the beginning, there was an equally intensive six-month aftercare program. That gave people time to not just learn the skills, but to integrate them completely into their into their lives. And shock was was a like I said, a 16-hour-a-day program, and was partially based in a military model because it was more efficient for getting people. To, and I, I used to talk to people about the position of attention. I said, when you're paying attention, you can go any direction. And so the position of attention is a, is a very powerful position for managing your body, managing your mind, standing with pride and dignity, moving with pride and dignity. And these were all the things that we focused on in the program. So it, it became a highly efficient way, um, our own version of tapping, if you would, because they were breathing and they were they were activating all of their systems in, in their bodies, in their minds, and learning learning all the skills they needed to be free. They were studying decision-making. They were studying principles of recovery, sober lifestyles, creative thinking, and they were getting academic. Their academic scores were better than twice the, the scores. In less than one quarter of the time, we issued more than double the number high school equivalency certificates each month than were issued in a year by surrounding environments. So, very efficient. What you say about paying attention, I think, is a key to 
anybody in any kind of a lifestyle and any kind of an environment. And the degree to which we're able to really be present to our own lives, pay attention to what's important, and then consciously direct that attention, I think is one of the factors that is going to do more perhaps than aptitude, more than advantages, more than anything else to determine the, the long-term course of our lives. Yes. One of the things, one of our mutual friends, Bobby DePorter, who started the Super Camp program and has a whole course curriculum called Quantum Learning, taught the eight keys of excellence, integrity, speaking with good purpose, knowing that mistakes are the key to success, commitment, ownership, flexibility, balance, all of these keys of excellence, being in the moment, being in the present moment. And I was watching the whole curriculum on the eight keys of excellence, and I said, oh, my God, they're on the, they're on the position of attention. If your feet are, are at the position of attention, your feet are at 45-degree angle, standing, you're balanced, your knees are flexible, your your stomach is in, your chest is out, your your head is erect, you're looking forward into the future, conscious with your breathing of just breathing in the energy that you need to be successful, your words are spoken with purpose and and your you're somebody who's fully integrated, a person of integrity. So I teach the eight keys of excellence to the inmates from the position of attention. Bobby came to a couple of different graduations and was just so moved by the fact that, that these people who, literally these were people who were being kicked out of school. These were people who were the worst students in school who were coming out and in less than six months increasing an average of two grade levels, but in many, many, many cases, anywhere from five to eight grade levels, just from this whole integrated system of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual growth. And by that, I'm not talking religion when I say spiritual. I'm talking about the essence of who we are as human beings. And it, it, it was just so powerful, time after time. And when I see these graduates that I know now who are out working in, you know, working for government, working for private corporations, doing things that they know how to do really well, whether it's they're the best mechanic in their shop or they're the, the their neighborhood, all of these people are just doing such incredible things and acknowledging that they learn from what they learned in shock incarceration, how to apply this in their daily life. So it's just an amazing journey. Yeah, more after a break. You're listening to this amazing account of transformation that Sharif Fox is able to practice, and her website is socialsynergetic.com. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back for more after break. Welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church. Go to my website, DawsonGift.com. That's my name, Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N, Gift, G-I-F-T, DawsonGift.com. There you'll find instructions for our chatting manual, also for our meditation, and a whole group of wonderful, powerful, fun, health, and wellness tips. I'm seeing today with Sheree Clark. And we've been sharing about the amazing 
program she directed for many years and how it helped so many young men and women whose lives otherwise have been spent behind bars integrate fully into the communities and have very different lives than they might otherwise have had. I was curious, in our previous segment, Sheree, you were talking about the breathing exercises you did with them, and also that you were tapping with them as well. Tell us more about that. We did. I, I studied everything with everybody. I took everything that seemed to work for me and integrated it into a package. And so the whole idea of the breathing, of the activating the, the body through various through running together, there's a little tiny clip of the video called Lessons from Geek, and it talks about the fact that geese, when they fly in formation, it's 71% more lift. And so we use this to talk to people about why it was that we wanted them to run together. They weren't doing personal best running. They were doing the tune focus running. So starting on the, on the left foot, running in cadence, singing as they ran. And so when I taught the breathing techniques to the staff, we, we would do them at the beginning of each big classroom session for about three to five minutes, which is, which helped them to stay focused, and we had lots of breaks. We'd have, we'd have people moving, stretching, doing those kinds of things, but to do that focused breathing was something that early on when Georgi Lozana came from Bulgaria and talked about super learning and accelerated learning, it was um, those kinds of things that, that I integrated into the shock incarceration program because it worked for me. And and so I I used to tell the staff I hadn't done anything uh, with them that I hadn't done myself, so that I wasn't trying to put anything on them or you know test anything with them that I hadn't myself studied. So yeah, and I think that is probably a very important part of the program because what research shows is that in several randomized controlled trials, diaphragmatic breathing has been used as a control for EFT tapping. And in all of those studies, the researchers have found that that diaphragmatic breathing, at least in the short term, is as effective as EFT tapping, usually not so much over the long term, but certainly in low and short term. And I know that I know that one of the really key commonalities to all of these successful new therapies, whether it's somatic experiencing, which uses which uses body movement shaking, EMDR, which uses eye movements, accelerated resolution therapy, ART, that uses different types of eye movements. All of these, as well as EFT tapping, use some kind of somatic anchor for the learning experience. You are just learning something intellectually and cognitively. You're learning something that actually runs deep into your body. And while you do that cognitive learning, while anchoring it with a physical type of stimulus, like tapping or breathing, it is integrated far more deeply into the psyche and that body element seems to then make it part of people's experience much more rapidly. And so I, I suspect that these, these these ways of anchoring this, whether it was through the synchronized running as well as through the breathing and other physical cues you were giving people was a key element of your success. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Clearly, 
I mean, their physical health improved so much during the program. And I've been very successful with the network program. We had, we didn't have organized recreation or organized running and organized physical activity the way we did in shock incarceration, but we did, uh, the training was based the same way. We did run together in the morning. We did exercise together in the morning. And just because when tune up your body, when your body feels better, we reduce sugar intake. We had them consciously, it wasn't imposed on them, but I would do muscle testing with them and show what the effect of, sh- of sugar was on weakening the system, for example. And they, they, they would get it. They, they really understood it because many of them in shock incarceration, their bodies had been so depleted by the use of drugs and alcohol that they just, they needed this restorative health-oriented program that wasn't just physical, it was mental, it was emotional, it was having people be aware of what their feelings were and be true to themselves. So they really were living the eight keys of excellence. They were living from success and learning. And that was the thing that was so rewarding to me because they would be so excited. We'd have people come in as non-readers and be able to, one of the things they said, they could go home and read to their kids. And it, it was just so fulfilling to them and fulfilling to me because it was just, it was just amazing to, to see the, the transformation in people. And, you know, there, there are people all over the country who, who benefited from shock incarceration who passed it on to their kids. Their kids learned from them. So their kids will never end up in prison because the, the, the children and, and Occasionally, you know, occasionally it happens. Occasionally somebody goes back for a little reminder, and but it, it, in general, it's not for as serious a crime, or it's it's definitely not for as long as stay. But by and large, the majority of them were graduating, going out, and as long as there were systems in the environment that that they could tap into and continue to support, we used to tell them to go to AA and NA meetings because they were free. You know, and there wasn't another place they could go where they could they could tap into that kind of resource. A, a group that that in some in some cities there are groups that meet every day, nine ten hours a day. You can find a meeting anywhere you go. So we talked to them about that, about the power of a positive um, peer group and and people who were focused and committed to the same things they were. And it it's just been an incredible journey to, to see these people who, who go out and, like I said, I, I, I still get calls from people who, who will call me up and say, I just want to thank you. Today was is my 26th anniversary of graduating from shock incarceration. Uh, today was my 15th anniversary of graduating from shock incarceration. And they're, they're, they're calling me to thank me. And, you know, I didn't have that much to do with them while they were in the program. Their staff, the staff they worked with were the, were the real heroes who went in and they did their jobs as correction officers or as counselors or as teachers, but they also demonstrated the lifestyle. So it was, it was you know, come back too, I'd love to talk more about a phrase you used earlier called environment for transformation. You're listening yeah. to High Energy Health. My guest today is Clark. Her website is socialsynergetics.com. That's socialsynergetics.com. My name is Dawson Church. Go 
You're listening to High Energy Health. We'll be right back after a break. Hi, and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and to download a free meditation audio, to download the instructions for EFT tapping in my EFT mini-manual, go to DawsonGift.com. That's Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N, G-I-F-T, DawsonGift.com, because it's all free. We love you to be meditating every day. We'd love you to be tapping whatever your stress and reaping the amazing health and happiness benefits of taking care of yourself. Today my guest is Shree Clark, and her website is socialsynergetics.com. That's socialsynergetics.com. And we've been talking about her remarkable program that she operated in the New York State Prison Department for many years. Shree, I'd love to have you talk about a case of somebody who had a radical personal transformation and also a radical external transformation as a result of doing this work. Okay. They, um, one of the first people that I worked with when I was designing the original network program was a man named Ken Wine. I was, I was in practice being supervised by a psychiatrist who I, who was working with transactional analysis and gestalt therapy, and I asked him to help me design the program in prison because I knew what I had seen. I knew what I had visualized, but he, he said, no, I'm not the person to do this. I don't know anything about prison. He said, but I know somebody who was. And so I met Ken Wine 10 years after he was released from prison. The significant thing, he, he was writing a book. He has unfortunately passed away from liver cancer a few years, uh, several years ago. But when he was in prison, he had been in prison since he was nine years old. He, he was, uh, his mother would just give up on trying to manage him, so she'd put him in juvenile institutions, and he finally graduated to um, adult prison and was doing a sentence at Marion Federal Penitentiary, doing life in prison without possibility of parole. And he found out about this program in the Marion Federal Correctional Facility and went in to join it because one of the things he wanted to do was he wanted a private cell so he could meditate enough to change his molecules and walk through walls. And so he thought he was getting over on the system. That was the attitude that he had when he was in the system. And he, he transformed so incredibly while he was in prison that he was called one day to the parole board. He went down to the parole board and he says, I don't know why you're seeing me. I'm doing life in prison without the ability to parole. But he had been teaching in the prison and they had moved him from place. They moved him to San Quentin. They moved him to Soledad. They moved him all over the system to do backup and training from within the prison to train people about what he had learned through these various models. And he, when he sat there before the parole board that day, they said, we have nothing more to teach you. We're convinced that you're going to go out and you're not going to commit any more crimes. And they released this guy. Life in prison without possibility of parole means that in the federal system, and he got out. He literally transformed his molecules and walked through the wall. <laughs> I love it. 
I know. Well, I used story. to tell this story because the inmates were fascinated with it. And I, when I, when I was working in network, we had people who, who were doing life in some cases. And so they, a question of being cl- so clear that getting yourself so clear that you were no longer in the, no matter what your environment was, that you're, you were free in, in your attitude, in your energy, in your emotions, in your choices. And a shock incarceration was an opportunity to take young, nonviolent offenders who were doing their first term of state incarceration, who were within three years of parole eligibility, and they could, by participating in the six-month program, actively participating. They were evaluated in five areas a day. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could five evaluations a day. <laughs> they were they were doing this in this program. They were they were passing their evaluations. They were committed to making these changes. And in the beginning it would be, you know, they wanted to get back out before their three years were up. So they that was the carrot. You know, if they, if they could do it, they they would do it. And um, about halfway through the program, in most cases, the people who made the really big transformation suddenly realized they were listening to what was being said and practicing and putting it into practice. And it, it was just an amazing experience. So that was the metaphor I used. I said, look, if this guy could do it, and uh, so he he was a friend of mine. He was he was somebody I met after he'd been out of prison for ten years. But he he was a dear friend who just demonstrated every day what was possible and was not limited by the words that were confining him by the system that was confining him. He literally was able to transform himself, and that's what graduate after graduate after graduate of shock incarceration. The ones I still see. Tell me is that they they literally they literally learn to transform their lives while they were in the program. They transformed their thinking. They were no longer doing what we used to call thinking thinking about how terrible things were. They literally were moving to a place where they realized they had to take personal responsibility for their lives. That, as Bucky used to say, they didn't design the universe and they didn't run it. And so there was something greater than them. There was a higher power. And so much of the work I did in social synergetics is based on learned through teaching alcoholics and addicts. So the 12 steps to recovery, my dissertation is downloadable from socialsynergetics.com and describes how I rethought the 12 steps. I didn't change them at all. They didn't need to be changed. They really are principles that operate for success in every person's life. So my distance. And we'll talk more about that after our break. We'll talk more about environmental transformation. For more on Sheree, go to socialmedia.com. We'll be right back after a break. Welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church. Each week on this show, we explore the frontiers of health, healing, and happiness. To download the free instructions for eco-meditation, my super simple physiologically-based meditation method, go to my website, DawsonGift.com. Also, you can get there the free EFT mini-manual, which will give you the instructions for how to tap. Firstly, on various areas of your life. So all of that 
and more is at DawsonGifts.com. It's my name, D-A-W-S-O-N-G-I-S-T, DawsonGifts.com, and you'll find many resources there for your health and well-being. My guest today is Cherie Clark, and before the break, we were talking about the relationship of environment to well-being and self-set. Cherie, I was so struck as you were talking about these people who were incarcerated that, yes, they were in prison, but as I do many live workshops every year, I'm so struck by how people are imprisoned by their thoughts, their beliefs, their assumptions. And so we'll do exercises, for example, to look at people's underlying beliefs about about their health, about money and finances, about their work and career, about their love relationships, about their spirituality, and they have these ironclad beliefs, often inherited from their childhood, that keep them in prison. And so prison is as much a state of mind as it is a physical environment. And I think many people are creating these prisons with their their conditioning, with the way they see the world, and those are as rigid and as confining as being behind the bars of the cell. So I've been so struck, as you've been talking here, by that similarity between those prisons in our mind and the kinds of environments which you, you work for those years. Yes. In my dissertation, which is called 12 Degrees of Freedom, Synergetics and the 12 Steps to Recovery, and is available at socialsynergetics.com. Chapter 4 is called Environment is Stronger Than Will. Bucky said he was convinced that had he been raised in the same environments as people who were confined, he would have acted much the same as they did. And that one of the first things we had to do was be clear about our language, about the words that we use. So those words like shoulda, woulda, coulda, can't, won't, all of those words limit us. Our emotions that are tied into those words that, that make us have us feel defeated. We're, we have to be clear that we're choosing that in instances way past when we had no choice. I mean, there are times when there are devastating things that happen to people and, and there needs to be grief and mourning and handling that. But some of us hold on for years and years and years to old stories and old pain that doesn't serve us anymore. And so that was one of the primary things that I focused on when I was working with staff and inmates is to be clear about your words. Um, watch your words. Speak with good purpose only. Focus on I can, I will, you know, and when you can't, you must. All of those things that I learned over the years in various workshops. I mean, I, I kept myself in continuous workshops for years and years and years. And I one day said to someone, I said, well, I just feel like I keep doing workshops. And they said, well, you wouldn't go to the gym just once and expect to, to be healthy. This is this is a workshop for the mind. And I thought, yeah, that's true. And so I keep going to workshops for the mind, workshops for the body, too. And just keeping, keeping ourselves attuned to what's possible if we can see it and believe it we can achieve it. These stories of people who've just done incredible things against all odds, and yet they, they continue to surmount them by their focus, belief in themselves, and belief in others, and a community of like-minded people. That was one of the reasons. 
reasons why I'm, that's one of the reasons why I'm such a big promoter of things like AA and NA. Not, and I don't subscribe to the language of victimage. I, you know, it's, it's the language of winners, the language of, of people who are up to something. And so to learn Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, the I have a dream speech, you know, to, to see and experience the, the emotion and the impact with which he delivered that, to think about people who have overcome great obstacles. And, and so we focus on that in the, in the decision-making and choices components of the program, that my attitude determines my altitude. We have things like that painted on the walls, and lessons were, were focused on those kinds, those kinds of things. If I can't, I must. And that was part of the power of the program. And the, the most amazing thing was seeing these, these prison guards who, who were proud to be called prison guards because that's what they did. And to see them teaching these concepts, you know, not not holding hands with inmates, not letting inmates off the hook, holding them accountable, but also teaching them these skills for success was just magical. It was just a miracle, and it could be every day I was working. I love the phrase you used earlier on, and you used a couple of times, indirectly, environment transformation. And I think it's possible to provide ourselves with environments of transformation, both outer environments in many of the dimensions you mentioned, like social contact, learning continuously, and paying attention, and also inner environment. So having an inner environment in which we foster these kinds of positive messages for ourselves deliberately and consciously every day, giving ourselves an inner environment as well as an outer environment then gives us this, this it marinades us, it marinades our consciousness, it keeps our consciousness in the conditions of transformation, and that is, is powerful to accept nothing less than that type of inner state. But we're able to commit to that and then, and then make that something practice, both internally and externally, then our lives shift dramatically as we start to experience the fruit of that kind of attention. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in finding the expert and attaching myself to the expert and learning what they learn. So Eric Edmeads with Get Wild Fit. I do Zumba every day. And, and I start my day every day or end it, depending on classes, laughing and dancing and breathing and being in a community of people who, who are like-minded and feel good about themselves. So I'm healthier than I've ever been. I'm happier than I've ever been. And I've been plenty happy and plenty healthy my whole life. But just keep creating these environments of choice because one of the things Bucky said was environment stronger than will. That's why Weight Watchers work. That's why Jenny Craig works. That's why all of these systems that Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, all of us are stronger than one of us, are, you know, finding people who want to go in the direction you're going or finding people who are going in a better direction than you've thought of. Go with them. You know, Tony Robbins used to say, if, if you find an expert who's got this funny little walk, and uh, do the funny little walk. And so it's just a, an amazing journey. It is. It lasts for a lifetime. So I'm so grateful to you for sharing your insights, your wisdom, and your passion for transformation with us. Thank you so very much, Therese. Well, it's a delight to talk to you, Dawson. You're one of my heroes. You're one of the people I like to hang around with. Hey, wait till you see my funny walk. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. For more on Cherie's work, go to socialsynergetics.com. Thank you so much for listening. Hide as you help. Come back next week for another in the series and say happy, healthy, so Thank you. 